how good is Pablo Lopez? Is he underrated? Is he overrated? I don't know. I think he's underrated, to be honest with you. And also, what are the Marlins going to be doing at center field? Are they going to go and get Cody Bellinger? MVP, legit stud. Not been great for the last two years, but the Marlins going to do it. They're going to pay the dough on a one-year deal for Cody Bellinger. Should they do it? I'm going to dig into all of those questions on today's show with Sean Barrett. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. Of course, I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. Also, drop a review. Why not? Hit those five stars. I noticed on Spotify, the five-star ratings are wild. I appreciate it, guys. Always love, love and appreciate everyone. We're almost at the end of the calendar year, so I'm going to be totting up all those downloads, hoping to get past 100,000 for the year, which sounds absolutely insane. However, there's probably been about 27,000 episodes. That's probably why. Nevertheless, there is a YouTube channel. Hit subscribe there, too. You will see Sean Barrett is back. I am back. I have a different top on. Sean doesn't. Nevertheless, Sean, how are we doing? It's always good to be back, Pete, talking <laughs> some baseball with you, uh, even if I am still wearing the same T-shirt. It is cost of living crisis, but... <laughs> Let me call it out. It is Tuesday. It is November 22, 22nd of November. What does that mean? It means celebrations for your host. The big 3-9. It is my birthday today. 39 years young. Cheers to you, Sean. Cheers to the listeners. There are a few beers going to be sunk, and there is going to be multiple wines consumed later on today. So I appreciate everyone. Happy birthday to me. If you need my address to send me any presents, please DM me. No problem. So today's show, it's a little bit of a spillover from yesterday because we went we went deep. We went deep on a few topics, ran out of time. We want to talk about Pablo Lopez. Myself and Sean have been thinking about Pablito, thinking, is he a stud? Is he an ace? Do we overrate him as a Marlins, as Marlins fans? Do we underrate him? We're going to try and put some numbers to it and try and work out where... Pablo Lopez fits. I mean, I know for certain Pablo Lopez is a stud. And him and Sandy, uh, they're just a one-two punch. And uh, the the best thing about Pablo is just he is Sandy's biggest fan. I love to see it. And I'm pretty sure Sandy is uh, is Pablo's biggest fan too, if we were to do it. But Sean, how do we get into this with Pablo Pablo Lopez? Because I think for me, the first thing we have to call out is in 2022, 108 innings. That's the main thing. First season, full year. Full year. And he made changes last year coming into the year to give himself the ability to stay healthy. He made some changes to take some stress off certain parts of his body, certain parts of his mechanics, and it worked. 108 innings. There was only one little spell of injury, which was off a comebacker. So, freak injury. So, for me, that was the biggest thing as well for the Marlins, was getting 180 out of Pablito. And I'm sure that was one of Pablo's main goals. I I know he would have wanted 200. I know he would have done. 
But nevertheless, 180, I think, was still a big success for him in 22. Absolutely. I mean, that is that is a number that we had hoped to see from Pablo, wasn't it? It was that case mm-hmm. of, can he last a full season? And I remember when they didn't trade him after the trade deadline, I was discussing the idea that maybe this was a mistake because there is a chance he could wear down and you know struggle to finish off the season as it was. He didn't. He actually he pitched quite well. Um, and ended the season with some some really good numbers. Um, so the the thing that I looked at, and and the reason why I went there was because that idea. We spent weeks, months now trading Pablo for <laughs> this person and that person and this person. And and as we discussed the other day, we don't actually want to see the back of Pablo. I know. We, we really like Pablo. It is just <laughs> we we know the circumstances that the Martins are with Pablo as he enters, you know, late into arbitration. And then they need to improve the offense. But so what I did is nice and simple, basically, filtered all starting pitches from last year from 108 innings up. Okay. I just had a look at, and looked at the numbers. And something that really jumped out to me was the XFIP numbers. So XFIP, it's it's a crazy number, but essentially what that is, it's it's what your ERA would be if everything was normal. Okay. And there's there was no crazy bad bip or anything like that home run to fly ratio, it factors in the defence, it factors in the ballparks. If everything was just neutralised, it's okay. a nice, easy number. Pablo was 13th out of all pitches. And like, I'll just read them out very, very quickly. Please. You've got Nola, Cole, Burns, Bieber, Valdez, Freed, Alcantara, Carl Wright, Logan Webb, Zach Gallen, Joe Musgrove, Dylan Cease, and then Pablo Lopez. Oof. They what are list. all aces, you know, they are. They're all top of the top of the you know list aces. Pablo, because he's the number two behind the Cy Young winner. Yeah. I mean, being number two behind the Cy Young winner is well, you can't you can't be anything other than the number two behind mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I think we've got so used to just calling him the number two that we forget that what he did last year would have been the ace on a lot of teams, and. If the Marlins can somehow improve the offense and keep Pablo, that would be it. Would be fantastic because I love seeing him on the mound. I think he's a very good pitcher. Obviously, he's very good in the clubhouse. He's obviously the relationship he has with Saturday. You've already called out mm. Pablo's just a great dude, isn't he? To watch every, every once every week. Um, so yeah, it was just. I think that sometimes we forget just how good Pablo is and has been specifically last year. And now that we've seen a full season, then you know the sky's the limit. There's no reason why we can't see another jump on, like we have done with Sandy for the last couple of years. A couple of names that stood out there that you mentioned, I'm pretty sure, and I haven't got the list in front of me, so I have to call that out, but I'm pretty certain that Nola and Wheeler were in there. So there's a one-two punch. Uh, where, how far did the Phillies go? They went all the way um, in, in the season. Just give me some of those names again, just so I can try and piece it together. I'm trying to work out what advantage you have if you have a one-two punch like this, because we have, there's the Phillies. Um, what other names have we got? Are, are there any other two, or even more than two, at one ball club? Uh, well, firstly, Wheeler wasn't on the list, so it's okay. just one for Phillies. <laughs> the, the only team with two is Max Fried and Carl Wright, so the Braves. Okay, and they won the division. And they were, and yeah. And Wheeler wasn't on the list. I guess you, you, missed, you missed some time, I guess. Diego, so. who've got four, 14th place with Hugh Darvis, and I've lost him now, Joe Musgrove. Okay. But, yeah, no, it's, it, there's there's no way you can't say that having two of these guys is not absolutely 
you know, an asset. That is so funny. That is so, so funny. You you may be able to sense that, I mean, we've had a few beers today. You know, it is what it is. I, I thought I heard Wheeler. I didn't hear Wheeler anyway. But, you know, to have two of these dudes, but even to your point, there's 15 other clubs or more that this would, Pablo would be a number one. Pablito would be the number one on on in that rotation. And it's funny, right? Because you start to read Twitter and you start to get into this. To your point, we've been talking about Pablo Lopez. It's, the reason we're talking about Pablo being traded is because there was rumors of it in at the deadline. So we've kind of latched onto that. Pablo, Pablo. We don't want to see Pablo go. He's a stud. He's a stud with two years of control remaining. So with that being said, it, it has felt that Pablo has, has been almost the sacrificial lamb by, by Marlon Twitter. But the other fan bases, this is the funny thing. I saw uh, there's a big thread of the Yankees saying, Hey, Pablo Lopez, what do you want about? He's a four or a five. Why do we want to pay up for this four or five dude? The, the way people perceive Pablo Lopez and other fan bases, and actually, who really gives, who, who cares how the fans see it? But that is what the Yankees fans are seeing. Granted, I don't know what Yankee fans, and granted, it is Twitter. And so you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. But the consensus was that he was being undervalued, I would say, by other fan bases. Um, do we as Marlins fans, do we underappreciate Pablo Lopez as well? I think, to a certain degree, I think it is just the struggles that he's had previously to have that length. Yeah. We couldn't ever really truly trust. I think when, when Pablo's been on the mound, we have absolute faith in him. It's just been that case of you look at the innings pitched and he's just he's not had that consistency. This year being the first year, I think, you know, it locks it down, doesn't it? Thirty-two starts, 108 innings. You know, they, they there aren't many guys that do that anymore with the way that teams, you know, nickel and dime their starters with the yeah. innings pitched and then how many times they can go through the rotation, which I, I think is a good way to manage a team, but that's by the by. But it is that case of he is he's got all all the numbers that he had last year. Absolutely, would be a number one for a lot of teams, um, and at worst, your number two. Um, and if the Marlins can roll into the season with both of them, I think you can have absolute faith that both of those guys are going to go in day in day out and give you you know quality work. Okay, let me let me ask you this now. Would you, you you're gonna have to move an arm to get a stick, and let's assume they need to get at least one stick. I I think they need at least two sticks to be honest with you, and actually probably more than that. They, I mean, they need a, a first baseman uh, as as at least as a backup to to Coop. So we know that. I'm pretty confident they're targeting a middle infielder as well, but a, a hitting middle infielder. That's kind of the vibe. They need to address center field. I think left fields with Soleil maybe transitioning to DH, like they can mix and match that. So I think there's at least three spots that they need to to work on. I think at least one of them has to come via a trade, uh, probably two of them, but at least one. And it's likely to be one of the arms. It may not be a major league arm. And so that's the other thing, like depends who you're trading with, but if you had to move one of the guys in the current rotation, and I'm going to include, I'm going to, well, I'm going to put Eddie Cabrera. So this is the rotation. This is who you got to pick from. Who are you most willing to move? Sandy, <laughs> Pablito, Lozado, Trevor, Edward Cabrera. 
those five, who are you most willing to move factoring in past performance, recent performance, contract position, option years, and looks? <laughs> the, way, the way you word it, who, who, you, who you most wanting to get rid of. Um, you, you're doing me no favours. I know, mate. I know. Well, who, uh, who, would you, who would you be... Le- oh, no, yeah. who, I'm, I'm going to do this in the most um, non-emotional way. So mm. if I were Kim, if I were the GM yeah. and I was trying to do what I thought was the best to improve the team, given everything that I know, I think you try and shop Trevor, you see what the value is on him. Yeah. I think he has all the you know potential in the world. But he, you can't not say that he didn't take a step back last year. Yep, um, agreed. And if you can, if you can get, and I think you can, because of the control and the pedigree, I think you can get um, a quality major league <clears throat> hitter for, with Rogers. Yeah, um, absolutely. If, if that's not the case, if you don't, if you can't, if if the the market isn't there, I think you have. I think it's Pablo simply because of the finances. Yeah, you you. Kim knows the she'll know the number that she's got for salary this year and probably a very strong idea of what that is going to be the year after and the year after. And I think, yeah, with all the pitching that's coming, Pablo financially and as as a organization is the the most obvious candidate. Agreed. Uh, I mean the finance one is the one, right? That's the, that's the knock on Pablito is the fact that he's into the latter parts of arbitration. So makes sense for the Marlins to to make that call. When you look at when you look at the arms, though, I, I I just if they only move one dude, if they just move one to make a blockbuster to acquire a center fielder or something for the middle infield or third base or whatever the upgrades they're looking for. For me, it has to be a lefty. I just look at where we're up to here. And, you know, when you, when you look at the guys that are around now that are going to contribute this year, obviously Lazardo uh, and Trevor, both lefties. So's Braxton Garrett. So's, um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Dax Folden. Uh, so is Jake Eder. Like, there's a lot of lefties coming through this system or is already at the major league level and there's too many lefties and and actually clubs value the lefties and so for me i think that's going to be the first port of call is if we're going to move an arm they're going to be a lefty and to your point i i you know there was talk of interest as well around trevor at the deadline for me this one just makes sense like maybe you move trevor they gave him a break last year as well you know, that kind of three-week where they just, you know, a back injury or an arm injury, but it wasn't an injury. It was just a bit of time off, like mentally to regroup. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they think different environment, different spot for Trevor wouldn't be a bad thing either. And we've got half a season where he was absolutely immense. Then we've got one and a half seasons where it wasn't so good. Clearly that hurts his value, but the control is there, the lefty, that, you know, everything is there with Trevor. It isn't like it's a prospect that you've got no clue. I think they start there. That's where I would start as well, to be honest with you. Like, I think that, that is that. But to your point, if they can't get a deal done with Trevor, what happens next? 
do they then try and sell high on Lozado? Should they try and sell high on Lozado, maybe? Because his stock has risen drastically um, yeah. since last year. Yeah, I mean, it's an option. I think I think he would be, yeah, he could theoretically be the next guy out of Rogers that they try and shop. And you are right with a lefty. The the only reason why I, every time that I have to think about it, I fall back on Pablo is you've got two years of control. Yeah. Great. But we know that the Marlins aren't extending him. Or very unlikely that they're going to extend him. It's very unlikely that Pablo's not going to want to go into free agency. Yeah. So if they're not trading him this year and getting a return on it, they're almost rolling the dice on, we'll keep him for another year because he's a fantastic pitcher. Yeah. But we could be talking this time next year. What are they going to do trading Pablo? Or do they go into the season again and trade him at the deadline if they think they've got a chance to compete, mm. which would be an ideal circumstance because that implies that the Marlins are ready to compete. Mm. I think at some point, whether that's this offseason, next trade deadline, or the season after, there will be a trade where Pablo is traded away. It's yeah. just there is no other way of looking at it. He is he is not going to get extended, or isn't going to want to get extended because he wants to try free agency. So I think that's why I always fall back on it. Yes, the, the miners have got many different guys that they could trade away, and if you are going to trade away some of that depth, having Pablo as your number two kind of steadies that ship, doesn't it? You've talked about the idea that if they do trade Pablo, then you've got some. You know, all pictures are question marks at the end yeah. of the day. You yeah. never know really what you're going to get. You can feel pretty comfortable what you're going to get, especially with Sandy. But you never really know, um, mm. especially mm. with health as well. So even though we've got all these arms, the Arms for Days t-shirt that you designed, <laughs> that season we ended up running out of arms. <laughs> yeah, it is a case of having that stability. But so by trading Rogers or trading Lozado, you're almost you're training away from that that depth that you've got but you've got such a steady ship with those that one-two punch at the very beginning. Yeah, you do, and and let's not forget as well they've got they've got some righties in a year's time, and this is where it gets interesting with Pablo because yeah, to your point, are they going to extend him? I don't know. Like it, it's it's unlikely they perhaps do having already extended Sandy, but you know Pablo Lopez, he's only twenty six right now at the end of. At the end of his arbitration period and entering free agency, he'll be 28. Like it's it's a okay, it's not optimal. Like you'd probably wanna, you know, you wouldn't want to be committing like another five years on top of that, probably. But yeah, to your point, Sean, I, I think the most likely here is in the next three windows, this one, the 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 next deadline plus the next off season, like it's probably that kind of phase that the Pablo will be moved just as the time starts to tick. Right. And, the, and they run out of time of control and you, you cash in on the asset, I guess. And that's, that's, that is the business model for the Marlins, for the Rays. And listen, let's be honest right now, this off season, I know I said about selling high on Lozado. They could be selling high on Pablo Lopez right now. Could they not? I mean, he's never been 180 innings before. Never. Right now he has. Who knows what happens in future years? So you are in some ways selling high on Pablo Lopez right now, in my opinion. So perhaps it's the right time to explore this trade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you are, yeah, you are selling, maybe not, you might not be selling high, but you are selling at his highest ever. Yeah. Because of the season that he's just had. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, well, it's time to let you know about our good friends over 
at, hold on a minute, where are my graphics? The graphics up. <laughs> Our good friends over at Bet Online. I've put that ad up and I'm not even sure it's the right one. It is. That's good. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And if I was a betting man, I would say Pablo Lopez will be with the Marlins after this offseason. But you can get the latest odds trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, the World Cup is on, and esports. You've got it all at BetOnline.net. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Sean, let's wrap this up. We're already 20 minutes in on a Pablito conversation. Nevertheless, I want to talk about center field before we run out of options in center field. And specifically, I want to talk about Cody Bellinger. You would have heard me uh, on Twitter and also on the pod talking about Cody Bellinger. I felt like it was a really nice fit. Uh, actually, before the uh, the tender deadline, uh, you know, straight up Brian Anderson for Cody Bellinger, two non-tender guys. But anyway, the, the the rationale there is could the Marlins go and get him and just say, let's just go with an 18 million uh, deal one year so you can get him. You know you can get him through the door and you have the control. Before we jump into that, though, Sean, here's the question for you. Should the Marlins be looking at Cody Bellinger? Absolutely. I think... At 118, I mean, we, we could say that that would be good for the Marlins, but know that that number's a big number. Mm. That number's gone down now. Yeah, it has gone down. It's going to be 112, and we know it's going to be one because he's come out and said he only wants a one-year contract mm. and go into free agency. As, as it is, he might actually be able to get a similar deal to Soler. I'm going to do a two-year, but with the option, yeah. so that if I stink again, I know I've at least got that that backup of some money in that second year. Mm. I think that's probably where his market will drive him eventually. Great shout. Um, so one year, if you could, if the Marlins could get him at 114, for the, for the talent that he has, you know, the one thing you've got to factor in is you've got that base. He's got that centre field defence base Correct. that you know would you can just plug it and play and see what he does with the bat. Now, with his profile, Marlins Park or Lone Depot Park, is that ideal for him? Maybe not. Maybe he wants to go to a batting box and go and hit 60 bombs somewhere. But there, there's going to be a market for him, I think, is the unfortunate situation. And that's the reason why maybe the trade would have been the better idea. I'm not that big on Bellinger as far as yeah. he wouldn't be on the top of my list. I think there are guys out there that available by trade and obviously Nimmo is my number one guy but mm -hmm. you're looking at a, yeah a massive contract that the Marlins is never going to be looking at so this for me is why he's such a good fit you're paying a guy for one year in a prove it contract which is what you've been talking a lot about and there's zero to no risk is there it's not like you're signing a guy to a four year 12 million a year and he comes in overweight and <laughs> loan all this money You've got a one-year risk, um, yeah. and that's just a perfect fit for me. Just want to uh, touch on that topic as well, specifically, because it did come out over the weekend. The Marlins uh, were doing their Thanksgiving drive, I think, which was you know, something they do annually, and it's great to see Avi Garcia was the main uh, Marlins player down, I think maybe the only player that was down there. But what we did see, I think Isaac Azut was in the mix, sharing some images. Avi is looking trim, right? Like it's... It's gone beyond where he was at the end of the year. He's continued down that path. Like he's looking like 
he's looking real slim now. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's gone too far with it, but um, I've, I've no idea what happened with Avi's weight. But one thing I did say on Twitter recently was there's a couple of things with Avi. His weight was a problem. The PR was a problem. And the strikeouts were a problem. Actually, so were the grounders the third. So four things. He can fix the weight, and actually he's fixed it. The PR, he's actually trying to fix that too by going to these events. And he should be. He's... Go on, Sean. He, he went to a contractually obligated public appearance. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh. <laughs> he did. But he was there. And, okay, it was contractually obliged. But nevertheless, I like the fact that Avisel Garcia was there. Maybe he's recognizing, maybe the Marlins are recognizing that Avi Garcia has some rebuilding to do with the fan base. And so Slim Avi doing PR, I think that's a good thing. And then who knows Who knows what happens on the field? We'll wait and see. It's an odd year, as in it's 2023. We know Avi comes alive in odd years. So um, should be interesting. Anyway, I've segued off into Avi that I didn't mean to. Um, back to center field. The point you make, though, about Cody Ballinger is that the defense is, is av- above average, okay? So even if you have to pay him $12 million and it's a below-average stick, you've still got the, the above-average center field defense. So it's not like you're going to be, you know, having, it's not going to be a huge bust. And the reality is Cody Ballinger on a one-year deal if it gets to the deadline, the Marlins have had another stinker and they're tracking for 70 wins again. There'll be a market for Cody Ballinger. There always will. They'll be able to flip him into something else, um, you know, backup catcher or something. Like, there'll always be a market. But do you think, though, Sean, right now, the market and the interest for him is probably too big? And to that point, the Marlins are going to end up being outbid by someone. Um, and, yeah, if you're Cody Ballinger looking for a one-year prove-it deal, you're going to want to be in the best hitting environment possible, right? You're going to want to go to Cincinnati, maybe. No, he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati, but you know the point, right? He wants to be in a hitter's ballpark, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his numbers last year, you know, one point as bad as he was, or people say how bad he was, mm. because of that defense, and because he still knocked out 19 home runs, you're looking at a 1.7 war. So if a team is going to pay $8 million a war, you're looking 13 14 value. Mm. Yeah. Now the Marlins can't spend eight million per war because if they did, they'd end up with like twelve war, and they'd end up with sixty wins. Sounds quite familiar, actually. They they need to get the value when they spend money. So yeah. for me, this is why this is a good idea because you're paying exactly market rate for him on a down year, and you're hoping for a bounce back. So that's why he would be a good fit for the market. And yeah. If I'm Bellinger, I want to try and have the best season I can. And a cavernous ballpark like Lone Depot just isn't conducive to that. It's not. It isn't. We'll wait and see. I think it's it's an intriguing one. I think if the Marlins were really serious to that point, they they could have made something happen and, and traded for him and had the control where you guarantee it, not in a shooting gallery where everyone's bidding against everyone. And it's Cody Bellinger. The name carries a gravitas. He's a former MVP from a few years back. He's an above-average center fielder. It's Cody Bellinger. There's going to be a market for him. And unfortunately for the Marlins, they don't have a ton to sell, other than the fact we've got the Cy Young winner. 
right now. Other than that, like it's a tough sell. Empty ballparks on a on a shitty team, in terms of the record recently, it's a tough sell. You got to pay up for those dudes. Nevertheless, we're out of time. Out of time. Well past time. Sean, I thank you for a double episode extravaganza and for joining me on my birthday. What? What a birthday present talking about Pablo Lopez and Cody Ballinger on my birthday with Sean Barrett. Perfect. Um, thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. I appreciate it. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday for more coverage and action covering the Marlins, of course. In the meantime, a few more drinks from me, more wine. See you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.